prepare for our scripture lesson this morning, let me give you this. Uh, as, we, as we prepare for our scripture lesson this morning, uh, we'll be reading from 1 Kings. We've been going through um, uh, passages from the prophets, uh, and this morning uh, the, the prophet we'll be reading about is uh, the prophet Elijah. Uh, but before we turn to God's word, let's take a moment to go to God in prayer. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we give you thanks for this day. We give you thanks for the, the health of rain uh, that nourishes the earth. We give you thanks for the the beauty and the welcome return of sunshine. We give you thanks for the uh, energy and joy of the children in our community and your call to serve them. We give you thanks now for the gift of your word. As we turn now to scripture, we ask that you would be uh, in this room with us. Uh, We ask that uh, you you would speak to us whether we are in the sanctuary or wherever we may be. We ask that you would open our eyes and our ears, our hearts and our minds, that we might come to know you as we read your word today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So 1 Kings uh, chapter 19, beginning at verse 9. At that place, he, being Elijah, he came to a cave and spent the night there. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, What are you doing here, Elijah? He answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. He said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now there was a great wind, so strong it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of sheer silence. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Then there came a voice to him that said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. Then the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive, you shall anoint Hazael as king over Aram. Also you shall anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. And you shall anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, of Abel-Meholah, as prophet in your place. Whoever escapes from the sword of Hazael, Jehu shall kill. And whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha shall kill. Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, as we reflect now on your word, we ask you to speak to us. We ask you to call us. We ask you to show us the paths you have set before us that we might serve you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Elijah thought he was done. Grammatical nuances aside, Elijah thought he was done and it made sense. 
You can't blame him for thinking that he was done. After all, Elijah has just come through some of the most momentous occasions in his life. If you you think back to everything that you know about Elijah, or everything you can remember, anything you can dredge up from your memory banks about the prophet Elijah, chances are every one of those stories has just happened in the last two and a half chapters. Uh, Right before we read uh, this passage, right before we read this story, almost every memorable moment from Elijah's life has just occurred in the last two and a half chapters. As, As readers, all of the big events have just happened when Elijah experiences this call. Think back to the stories that you, you may remember. Uh, the, that great story about Elijah for foretelling the drought and then being fed by ravens. That's chapter 17. Uh, the story about Elijah uh, bringing the, the, the woman's child back to life. Chapter 17. The confrontation with the, the wicked king and the false prophets. Chapter 18. Fire falling from heaven at Elijah's prayer. Chapter 18. And then the passage we read today, Elijah collapses in the valley and then he he goes through the the firestorm and the earthquake and the whirlwind. Chapter 19. He hears God speaking in the sound of sheer silence. A thin, silent sound, a still, small voice. That's chapter 19. Elijah thought he was done. I go back through that checklist. Look at everything Elijah had accomplished. He thought he was done. God had called Elijah to be a prophet, and Elijah was an incredible prophet. Elijah had had an incredibly efficient profession, a career as a prophet. He had confronted kings and false prophets. He had foretold droughts. He had withstood the whirlwind. He withstood the firestorm. He withstood the earthquake. He heard God in the still small voice, the thin silent sound. Elijah had done it all. God called him to be a prophet. He was a prophet. Elijah thought he was done. He was wrong. I, I think Elijah, Elijah assumed uh, what we tend to assume about the way that God works. Elijah assumed that God called him to be a prophet. Elijah assumed that God called Moses to be a liberator. He assumed God called Esther to be an activist. He assumed that God called Daniel to be a lion tamer. Uh, Elijah assumed that God called Peter to be a preacher and Paul to be a writer. He assumed that God called these people to do these things. And he's not wrong, but he's only half right. If you look at the whole story, there's a lot more to it than that. Uh, Before... God called Moses to be a liberator. God called Moses to be a shepherd. God called Moses to be a protector. Before, God called Daniel to be a lion tamer. God called Daniel to be a man of prayer. Before, God called Esther to be an activist. God called Esther to be a queen. Before, God called Peter to be a preacher. God called Peter to be a disciple. And before that, God called Peter to be a fisherman. Before, God called Paul to be a writer. God called Paul to be a missionary. And before, God called Elijah to be a prophet maker. God called Elijah to be a prophet. Elijah assumed that God called. And that's only half right. 
And when we think about the way that God works, we, we like to think that, that God called or that God will call. But the reality is, God calls. And then God recalls. And then God calls back. And then God calls again. And when we look at this story for Elijah, and we find this, this passage where God calls Elijah to become a prophet maker, God is recalling Elijah. God calls Elijah to be a prophet maker after Elijah has already been a prophet. God calls Moses to be a liberator after he's been prepared by being a shepherd. God calls Daniel to be a lion tamer after he's been prepared by being a man of prayer. God calls Esther to be an activist after she was prepared by being a queen. God calls and then recalls and calls back and calls again. Elijah assumed that God had called, but the reality is that God calls and recalls and calls back and calls again. Elijah knew this. I think we know this. Intellectually, we know that this is how God works. Um, We've seen this in our own church. Uh, We know this about our own church's history. Almost 200 years ago, God called our church to to gather together in what was essentially a log cabin. God called our church into this log cabin, and that was the calling for our church at that moment. But then God recalled our church as the area changed and grew and the congregation grew and we moved from a log cabin into a brick building and then God called back and called this congregation into this stone building where we sit today into a building where we we house the the, the union army during the civil war God uh, God called back and called us into this new phase of ministry and then God called again and we expanded we we built the Robinson room and then we we built the chapel and then we, we brought on a preschool God called and re called and called back and called again because it's not so much that God did call or God will call. The reality is that God does call. God calls. God has called our church in so many ways so many times over the years and God is calling us once again. God is always calling to a new form of ministry, to to a new way of serving, to a new, new method of being faithful. God calls and recalls and calls back and calls again. We know this intellectually. We've seen it in our own church. It doesn't just happen with individuals. It happens with entire communities. It happens with entire congregations. Some of us have seen it in our own lives. God, God calls us in one, one point in our life, one area of our life, and then God calls again in a new way. Or maybe we've seen it in our mentors. We've seen the ways that other people's lives have taken twists and turns and changes as God recalls and calls back and calls again. We know this intellectually. We understand that God is always calling us to a new thing, a new ministry, a, a new form of service. We know it, but it can be hard to feel it. I think Elijah knew this with his mind, but he had trouble understanding it with his, with his whole being. Elijah, uh, Elijah thought he was done. Elijah assumed he understood how God's calling worked. Uh, Elijah knew what it really meant intellectually, but then the real fun came when Elijah discovered what it meant in his own life. And when Elijah discovered that God was recalling him, that God was calling him back, God was calling him again, all of a sudden, Elijah discovered his adventure wasn't over. 
his adventure was just beginning. His career as a prophet was winding down. He had done all the things God had called him to do earlier, but now God was calling him to a new, pick your metaphor, a new chapter, a new season, a new act, a new verse, a new painting, a new path, a new discovery, a new journey, a new adventure, whatever it is, God was calling Elijah to the next part of his story. And what happened next What happened next was actually the part of Elijah's story that made the biggest impact. What happened next is Elijah found what I think, what I think is the most frustrating part of the entire Bible. Elijah found his successor would be named Elisha, dooming us for generations to get the two of them confused. But nonetheless, Elijah was called to become a prophet maker. He found his successor in Elisha, and then Elijah began to nurture and to mentor and to educate and to walk with and to highlight and to bring up the next generation of prophets, the next generation of faithfulness. And Elijah began to rise up this this next generation, and it became a movement. If you look later on in 2 Kings, you find Elijah Elisha is no longer traveling alone as Elijah did. Elisha is at the front of an entire company of prophets. It becomes a movement of so many people seeking to proclaim the word of God. And this is where I want to really start preaching. This is where I'm tempted to step aside and say, look at the calling to rise up, to raise up, to to nurture, to mentor the next generation. Look at the calling to to invest our legacy in the future. Look Look at the children who gather in the pews and the 115 who came to Bible school, the children who came to Surf City, look at the calling we have to to hand off this faith to the next generation. But that's another sermon, and I am 10 minutes into this one. So we'll go back to Elijah. Elijah had this opportunity, he had this, this new adventure. God called him, and Elijah discovered that his story was not over. It was just beginning. This is the good news of the gospel in this passage for us today. Because whoever you are, whatever you've been doing, your story's not over. God is calling you to a new adventure. If you have never heard God's call to service or to ministry, hear me now. God is calling you to service and to ministry. And if you're not sure how to find it, Allow me to point out that we have literally had church members walking around with clipboards to sign people up. We have had staff members sitting at booths, uh, getting people registered for for their clearances to work with the children. If you don't know where God has called you, just uh, call me at the church office. We'll talk about it. Or maybe maybe you've heard the call. And and like Elijah, you believe God has called you to to a career or to a profession or to a specific form of ministry. If that's where you are, the good news of the gospel is your next chapter has not yet been written. The good news of the gospel is God has another adventure in all the work, all the education, all the experience that you have gathered in that career, in that profession, in that ministry. That is all preparing you for something that only you can do. Just like God had been preparing Elijah to to bring up a new generation of leaders, God has been preparing you for a ministry I can't even imagine. The good news of the gospel is God, God calls. God recalls. God calls back. And God calls again. God is calling you to a new form of ministry. Maybe, 
Maybe it is to invest in that new generation. God is calling you to a new form of ministry. Your greatest adventure is just beginning. As we read this passage about Elijah, Elijah thought he was done. He had had a wonderful career as a prophet. He assumed that God called or that God would call, but the truth is that God calls. And God recalls, and God calls back, and God calls again. That's when Elijah discovered that his greatest story was about to begin. The good news of the gospel, God is calling you. Join in the adventure. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen.